welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday, November 22nd, 2015. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everybody for for listening in. Um, before we get started in any part of this show, uh, I am going to put out a trigger warning and a little ears warning. The things that we talk about on this show, while you know, sometimes fun, sometimes lighthearted, sometimes in you know. Some you know always you know in some aspect political. Um, this episode we're going to be talking about some things. The links in, to the show notes contain some disturbing imagery, and um, just be warned ahead of time of, of those trigger warnings and those things that you may have to explain. Um, if you want to participate. You can join us. Our show is produced through TalkShoe uh, every Sunday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, you can join us by dialing in area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. Uh, you can also uh, join us in the web-based text chat go by going to TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. Uh, you can also join us in uh, the Republicans of Second Life Cafe in Cheertopia in Second Life. Um, we have a lot of fun talking about uh, different things and uh, enjoying the virtual world. And uh, that is one place where uh, where we can uh, have, a, have a presence and uh, interact with folks. If you're listening on the uh, Red State Talk Radio Network, if you're listening on uh, any of their uh, broadcast affiliates on Stitcher.com, on your favorite podcast player, and want to send comments, email them, please, to conservativepodcast at gmail.com. Now, serious as my tone is, this is this is the week before the weekend before Thanksgiving, and uh, we are thankful for all the support and all of the um, uh, all of the activities that folks do. Um, in and around our podcast. So I want to say that first. But we also um, have to be thankful that we live in a country that lets us, without any fear of repercussion, have conversations like this, regardless of the stance of our administration or any appointed officials. Um, and So far. So, <laughs> this is true, so far. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to start off, you know, this is the title of the show is difficult conversations. Um, but I'm, I'm going to start off with one that, that is not the main subject of tonight's show. Um, because apparently folks that, uh, folks that ha are enjoying the recreational marijuana in Colorado and Washington, where else is it recreationally? legal and and in some cases medicinally uh legal folks don't realize that it stinks um and there are now complaints being aired about the smell uh in Atlanta the te that tinge of strange smoke once smelled mostly in the high seats at rock shows has become more commonplace um 
a Washington Post survey found that in that in some city wards, nearly seventy percent of people smell marijuana smoke at least once a month during their walking, and one in three people smell it every day. Just a year after the city legalized it for recreational use and personal possession, though not sales. Um, with pot out of the shadows. The direct exposure to smoke has led to conflicts. Colorado was the first state to legalize it, has seen odor complaints rise with 30% of such complaints now now regarding pot in Denver. Um, it, it's kind of interesting <laughs> that we have um, you know, this kind of reaction. It's not, oh, there's an increase in vehicle, you know, in motor vehicle accidents or, oh, there's an increase in, or there's a decrease in productivity. No, people are going, dude, that stinks. You know, I haven't heard anybody complain about the smell of stale beer lately. Stale beer is awful, too. Oh, it is. It is. I live next door to a brewery and Thankfully, we haven't had to deal with that smell uh, yet, so that may change. Um, yeah. I just I had to start with something that was difficult to talk about because how hard is it to walk up to a, to a stoner and go, "Hey, dude, <laughs> your your pot smoke really stinks." And not have them go, it's legal now. I like the title of your article. What's that? The, the article said that, I said that the complaints were being aired. Oh. Apparently pun intended. Very, very About the smell. <laughs> now that we got this out of our system, yeah. except for the, except for the dope. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was bad. Um, I'm going to welcome, oh. Well, uh, if if he decides to join us back in, I'm a uh, new Fabian story. Political Superman is with us tonight. Um, I we've got this is this is difficult conversation time. This is definitely difficult conversation time. We're going to talk tonight about ISIS slash ISIL slash um, Al Daesh. Uh, Al Dawal, Al Islamia, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, um, whatever you want to call it, um, and and this is in in response to things that I have seen on Facebook since the um, since the attacks in Paris. It has, you know, it, it has triggered. Something that I, in a video message that I that I'm actually working on editing to release later this week, have titled "Political Twister," and without without spoiling the uh, the video too much, um, the the political reactions are exactly what you would expect them to be. They serve the purpose of the constituency for the people that are making the statements. They are not intended to make any sense whatsoever. Every single one of them contains a nugget of truth. And 
they have no basis in reality. So um, I, I get into those those comments a little bit more detailed uh, in the video message. That'll be coming out sometime later this week. Um, but you know, there's there's some aspects of history and some aspects of current events that are difficult to discuss, but I want to include in this uh, that I wanted to talk about, and that's this episode. And the first. The source for the first article is a strange one. I will give you that. Um, it is Cracked.com, which is normally a parody site. This is one of their um, better articles that I've read. Again, kid warning. Uh, I can't read some of the words that are in this article uh, due to... Um, due to the, the, the broadcast nature of the show. The, the, articles, the, article, the article was written in street vernacular. Yes. And it is titled, okay. Seven Things I Learned Reading Every Issue of ISIS's Magazine. Um, you know, you've got to know your... It starts off, you've got to know your, or, your enemy in order to beat him. Uh, because some dudes hate being kicked in the junk and others seem to enjoy it. <laughs> this was his rephrasing of his uh, of the Sun Tzu quote. Um, the, he was reading the full-color, glossy magazine called Dabik. Um, Full-feature articles, photo spreads. Uh, number seven is that the Islamic State's public official publication is pretty slick. And and I've heard this called that before. Um, you know, they do things like they Photoshop the Vatican the an image of the Vatican flying an ISIS flag. Um, the issues run sixty to eighty pages and all of them in color all of them laid out with clear skill and experience in graphic design. Um, a lot of it's what you could expect. Scripture, dense articles, quoting the angriest verses of various holy books to make an insane point. Uh, one title is, Islam is the religion of the sword, not pacifism. Um, it also features magazine-like spreads of celebrities, a word which for the Islamic State means dead suicide bombers and insurgents. These are people that they interview ahead of time. Um, there's generally two or three paragraphs. All of this happened only by God's will. Praise for Allah granting us victory, etc. You know, as I read through this article, you know, for those individuals that think that ISIS or the the and and I heard a phrase that I'm going to use on this show from this point moving forward. The the pseudo-caliphate or the false caliphate. Because that's their goal. The goal of this organization is to create a caliphate. Um, regardless of how you want to see their, you know, their history, where they got their weapons from. Here's a hint. It was us. 
um, regardless of where you want to see how they have twisted, according to mainstream Islam's definition, the the words of the Quran. Regardless of, of where you want to put them, that is their goal. Their goal is to become a country, to establish a theocracy currently in, you know, uh, in Syria and the Levant. And they have developed a 21st century recruiting tool in their magazine that is designed to draw in people willing to sign on with that caliphate. Um, after dozens of story, the author here said every said he started to understand. Every story of some terrorist attack or execution started with "Thanks be to Allah for this," or some content about how the tragedy was part of the perfect will of Allah. It's the same thing as the Westboro Baptist Church praising hurricanes and IEDs because if God is all powerful, then even awful and ugly things are God's will and thus to be celebrated. That's why every picture of jihadis at the site of some battle or terrorist attack, has them pointing up at the sky. Um, they want to be pr- they they want to be proud of of what they're doing and saying that it's part of God's will. Um, so number five, and I jumped kind of number six. They're unbelievably, uh, unbelievably media savvy. We've they've got video, they've got audio, they've got lots of different ways to recruit soldiers, and they've even got um, instructions on how to share whatever you create. Uh, number four, violent pr- reprisals are exactly what they want. Every issue of Dabiq starts with the same quote. The spark has been lit here in Iraq, and its heat will continue to intensify by Allah's permission until it burns the Crusaders' armies in Dabiq. Let's let's stop right there for a minute, can we? Yeah, go ahead. Our history, our our recent history, probably going back to uh, actually Korea, was instead of in it to win it. We were in it proportionally. We we measured the, the how bad the uh, adversary was, and we went to that number plus one percent. Uh, and uh, later on, it became known as the McNamara Doctrine. And and that's what they want. They 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 anticipate that if we really get our dander up, we're going to come back with. Uh, what they consider to be a, a, a half-hearted effort. The reason they're safe in, in, in wanting retaliation is we only retaliate. We say, okay, they did this and this, so and even the Israelis do this. They did so much, so we're going to do a little bit more to teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. That's our problem. Um, if If they really thought that the next time they got us mad, we were going to come back 
with everything if the freaking moron president was going to call up the reserves and we were going to suddenly one morning wake, wake up with a, a, a one million man army prepared to do World War II again with the intent of killing every one of these people and their children and their wives and their relatives. They wouldn't be so secure. I don't know. I, I don't know that that's a true statement. I, I truly don't. I don't know either, but that's an opinion. Well, and and well, here's here's the only reason that I would. If they were faced with total extermination, not one living soul left in the caliphate, they would be less free with 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 uh, inviting us in. Yeah, you know, I I don't know that that I, I don't. Do you know it's not true? I don't know that it's not true, but I do know that this is a group of individuals that is, for all intents and purposes, a death, death cult. Their yeah, goal... See, the, caliphate, the, caliphate is, the caliphate is something that's supposed to last. The caliphate, they're willing to die for the caliphate because the caliphate will survive them. But if nobody survives, then the caliphate will not survive either. That would bother But them. according, to, so according to their interpretation of the religious beliefs, even killed, their caliphate would <clears throat> remain. Now, I'd be more than happy to prove them wrong of that, but their goal is to bring a, bring a, bring about Armageddon. But let, let's be logical. You and I know they're they're deluding themselves. Yeah. You and I know that if every one of them is dead, the caliphate will not survive. I mean, that's how wars okay. used to be fought. Actually, actually to be honest with you, this area that was bothering. To be honest with you, I think both of us. Right, but that's that's, that's, an, that's an argument for a regime. Like that's something like you give terms to a regime. Like this is a terrorist group. There is no no logic and reason. To, I'm not to talking what about a regime. I'm talking about a geographic area. Their goal. Yeah, their goal well, if you're talking about a geographic area, then you're just talking about genocide, and you're not even going to get enough people to be on your side with that. Their like, goal. I'm talking about. I don't think in. I'll think in 2016 you can get enough people to agree with that. Well, then we're going to lose. Yeah, their goal, though, now. Well, it's not an either-or. The world doesn't work on either-or just because that's what you think is a good idea. Like that's. I think it's the only effective idea. I don't. I think it's a terrible idea, but it's an effective one. So. Go, go, okay. go ahead, Fabian. <laughs> we, we, we've got a, we got a few people talking at the same time. Fabian, uh -huh. Fabian, go ahead. Okay, first off, the big difference between this war on terror, and let's use that term because that's what it is, we're fighting terrorists, is we don't have governments and we don't have centralized groups that we can go after. Okay, This group is very nomadic. It moves around. The ideology is what their driving force is. So going and dropping a bunch of daisy-cutter bombs on Syria, Iraq, yeah, it'll kill a lot of people. Will it kill the ideology? No. As a matter of fact, it'll probably galvanize it because the casualties of the innocent will far outweigh the casualties of the guilty, and then the United States becomes no better than um, the people that we thought, Milosevic and others, to, to bring them down. So is there an easy answer to this problem? No. Is it going to require us getting our hands dirty? Yes. Are we going to have to go and root these people out one by one? Yes. But is it going to be done by uh, mass bombing like in World War II? No. Those well, there, there's a historical answer to what you're saying. Uh, 
guy's name was Curtis LeMay. Curtis LeMay was, was absolutely insane. I mean, he, he in, in the real world, he'd have been locked up and they'd have thrown away the key. They, we were getting our butts kicked bombing Japan, kind of like we were in Europe. Um, and they finally fired the guy running it, and they put this crazy man over there. And his, he thought that his job was to kill every Japanese he could get his hands on, which he did in huge numbers. And uh, it worked. In the end, that, we, we say the, the atomic bomb ended the war. It wasn't the atomic bomb. The atomic bomb was the, the frosting on the cake. What ended the, the Second World War in Japan was Curtis LeMay attacking civilians by the hundreds and hundreds of thousands with conventional weapons. Now you go look that up. There's an example where what you said was not true. In the end, there weren't enough of them left to fight the war. You're talking about Japan when we had already broken their codes. Uh, they were pretty much on the verge of losing. We were offering terms that the emperor didn't want to accept because he still wanted to sit on the throne. Uh, we thought that was non-negotiable. Uh, the idea that just because something happened a certain way means that was the only way it could happen, I, I think that's not looking at the thing realistically. Uh, as far as the atomic bomb, uh, I think that was more of a deterrent to Russia and those others to let them know how far ahead of them we were. And we were going to be the ones making the rules in the, in the, that, I guess you could that's, say, the aftermath. That's Nosh, that's tangential to what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but you, you, we're right, you're going to the, the fire raids and everything like that, and you're, you're talking about basically making the citizens feel pain in that way. That'll get rid of ISIS. No, what you're going to oh, do is create an even bigger recruiting base for the people yeah. and make them not only not only seem like they're not crazy, but make them seem legit because then they'll go to their people. You see, okay. you see what the great thing right. did? You All see? right, Nosh, Nosh, I'm going to stop you here because... Because number three, and these are the seven things that this reader learned, or this this per- particular thing is it, learn learned from reading every episode, every issue of Dabiq, which is, and I may be mispronouncing it, it's the official publication of the Islamic State. Okay, um, yeah, there's. Number number three is is that um, you can learn, but you, you can learn what scares a given regime, and you can't have a publication like this without having some form of I'm not going to say authority, but some good okay. corporate structure. You cannot have that. Um, and uh, what they are, you know, one thing is ISIS is having financial trouble right now. That's a big duh. Um, excuse me. Uh, roughly half of their of their income last year was from robbing Iraqi banks. ISIS is currently spending about half their revenue just paying for paying their soldiers. Um, and, and that's. Also, is that the sign of a regime where you have an organization strong enough where they're not only drawing in fighters, they're drawing in and paying their fighters, their soldiers? Um, they, um, 
what they worry about is people um they they worry about money for lack of a better term they consider the US a reliable source of weapons because the US has been sending weapons to the Middle East in various forms for a very long time and you know when when we send weapons to Syrian rebels moderate moderate islamists they have ended up in the hands of the islamic state that's been proven that's not a if they do um not long ago isis captured some 2300 humvees that were left in the care of the iraqi military there's actually a website for a comprehensive list of all the heavy hardware ISIS has and which hardware it in which country they came from. Um, but the big takeaway here, the number one is we don't understand how ISIS sees the world. The main takeaway from 700 odd pages of ISIS propaganda is how little reading the news and listening to American politicians had educated me about what ISIS really is and what it wants. For example, ISIS is fighting a war on drugs. They celebrate seized ca caches of drugs as happily as they celebrate military victories. ISIS and Ron Paul have the same economic attitudes. They're all about the gold standard because they can hold on to it. Um, the thing that surprised this author most was how little he understood their worldview. They, he didn't realize they hated Iran until he learned the word Rafida, which kept showing up before Ayatollah. Um, it means rejecter, as in they reject a proper interpretation of Scripture. ISIS considers the Iranian regime heretics and lumps them in with the U.S. and Russia as enemies. Um, they insinuate that, and here's a stretch for you, they insinuate that former Iranian pre President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was a puppet of Israel. Um the Taliban is also an enemy of ISIS. Um, so it, it it becomes it becomes this this mind blowing thing. You know, they have such a narrow interpretation of the Quran and the holy texts that are tied with it. They have and and the articles going forward from here. This is scratching the surface. Um, you know, they they have, you know, and, and Fabian, you said the, the, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Well, in this case, that may be why Obama's willing to work with Iran. Or at least why other political entities are not calling for his head louder because he's working with Iran. Yeah, but all of this sounds like the, the typical terrorist group, like nothing surprising. Uh, they, they 
decide they have the moral authority. They decide everybody else who's within the group uh, is not uh, worshiping or or is not really of the book, as as they would interpret it. Uh, they have a, a complex about uh, the rest of the world's advancements, and they've decided that the old way is the only way. And you know, the anti-drug, anti-freedom, like all all of the things that you would see within them. I mean, that's that's a typical terrorist group. So I'm not surprised by anything there. No, I, uh, other terrorist crazy, groups have made money was, off of drugs. Other terrorist groups. Yeah, true. Other but, terrorist groups true, have. True. Sold. There's different degrees to it, but just let me finish real yeah. quick. There's different degrees to it, but all all I'm trying to say is, when you're insane and you need to justify your insanity, uh, you know everything's going to be extreme and everything is going to be wet or dry. You know what I mean? White or black. That like everything is going to be that way. So so that's the perspective you get from them. But no matter what, it'll never justify who they are and what they do. No, and I'm not. I'm They're not to justify who they are and what they do. No, I know. You know what I'm trying about. What I'm trying to do in tonight's episode, and and the reason that it's called difficult conversations, and, and you kind of push, you, you kind of lead me into the next article, which is good, is what they do to those that they deem unworthy of being a part of the caliphate. Um, once um, once the uh, Sinjar region was recovered, was, was um, reclaimed, um, Sinjar is a province that used to house a a group of um and i believe there it's it's a jewish sect called the yazidi i believe there were jewish a jewish sect yazidi had lived in that area for centuries and not jewish oh they're not jewish no, they're they're derived from Islam and across it's something else, but they're not Jewish okay, at all. Okay, but they're 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 a, they're an odd branch off of. They they're barely rec- barely recognizable as Muslim anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah, but they're not Jewish. Um, but the I'm, I'm going back to music. oh no, you're fine, you're fine. The the Yazidis were, uh, this was where their big stronghold was. Um, they found. Mass graves, um, 500 men and 80 to 100 women. And, and those numbers sound small, but the Yazidi population has always been small. Um, and, and the 80 women that they found were shot for the sole reason that they were too old to be sex slaves for the Islamic State. Um when we say they have a very historic interpretation of the Quran, one of those interpret one of those things that is included is the fact that any woman taken as a prize of war can be a sex slave. Um, these were there. There were bodies of. I'm sorry, I said sixty. There were eighty women. Between the ages of 40 and 80 years old, they were all Yazidi. Um, there were two graves. The first contained the corpses of older women, um, 
Uh, the second was 10 miles west and is believed to contain men, women, and children. Uh, it was rigged with explosives and deliberately difficult to access. Um, you know, over the past year, the Islamic State forces have kidnapped thousands of young Yazidi women to use as sex slaves. And those were that were that were either not attractive enough or too old ended up dead. Um, we can talk about um, we can talk about uh, the atrocities of setting a bomb, doing a suicide, you know, doing a suicide bombing, driving, you know, killing militants, these individuals see no difference between soldiers and any other person that does not ascribe to their religious beliefs as targets. Um, you know, so these are, this. this is one of those things that um, this came out at the same time that the Paris attacks happened, and I don't want this to be to go unnoticed. Um, according to the the Yazidis are a religious sect whose faith incorporates parts of several ancient Middle Eastern religions. To the uh, to ISIL, they are devil worshippers, the lowest of the low, who should be who should be either in, killed or enslaved. This is coming from the article in The Telegraph. Um, they have, ISIS has had uh, control of the Sinjar region since August 2014. It's a long time to screw with people. One of the articles that I did not get to last week... Um, and I and I honestly I started to include it in this episode, but I didn't. Um, was from an ISIS rapist to a 15-year-old. Islam allows it, and we will do it. I've got links being thrown at me all over the place. So, um, you know, would we when we talk about these kinds of things? It is. This is why it is very difficult for me to look at Facebook and say, "Oh, we 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 shouldn't be doing anything because we armed them. They used to be our friends, and this is hypocritical of the U.S." And um, doesn't this all sound super familiar? We gave money, weapons, and training to small anti-Soviet faction known as the Mujahideen to fight off the Russians. President Reagan praised them and called them Afghanistan's equivalent to our founding fathers. Then shortly after, the media and the government changed their name to Al-Qaeda, which was the code name given to them by the CIA, and all of a sudden, they're the boogeyman. At some point, that doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter for a couple of reasons, and maybe I'm getting a little emotional here, maybe I'm, I'm getting a little, uh, a little projective here. But... I have a 13-year-old daughter that I am thankful that we are in the U.S. 
I am thankful she does not have to be exposed to that. I'm thankful that she, um, I, I'm thankful that we don't have those kinds of things going on in the U.S. You know, the 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 fact that um, you know this article continues. A 17-year-old girl, part of a group of about 40 Yazidi women who are still being held captive and sexually abused on a daily basis by ISIL fighters, told how they were raped on the top floor of the building up to three times a day by different groups of men. You know. Not even as young as 13. They don't spare the women. So when when they make threats, you know, and, and Naj, I know, you know, your 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 stance is is that you know a full on military assault is only going to isn't going to help them. It's or is only going to drive up their recruitment. There's an aspect of me that says I don't care, and that's that, that's the honest Understood. truth. That, that's the honest truth, and I know that you can disagree with me, and you're fine to disagree with me because we live in a country where you can. Can I state why though? Sure. Just real quick. Sure. Okay. And this is the other reason I disagree. Not not just the recruiting. The other reason is that that's the only way that they're effective or that they win. Uh, terrorism doesn't work if you're not terrorized. When you commit billions of dollars and, and millions of lives or hundreds of thousands of lives uh, to fighting a small group who can only hurt you if uh, you turn everything up and then just deal with the political fallback and, and uh, I guess you could say strategic fallback, uh, blowback because of how things will change once we do decide to do that, uh, then even when you defeat them, they actually won because they've made you commit yourself to I, I, to, to scale operations that would be necessary for a country, not for a terror group. Terror group needs to be fought with black ops, needs to be fought with sanctions, needs to be fought with freezing money, needs to be fought with freezing shipping, uh, okay. closing airspace. Like, there are things that can be done. I agree. And, 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 and to a to a point i agree that those will have an impact but by the same token they are not going to provide a mechanism to remove the ideal you know isis is ISIS is a group that is so, and I and I said this, you know, when when their when their acronym first came about. ISIS is the radical group that is so far to the to the radical ideal that even Al Qaeda went, you know, you guys are a little too intense. Right. It, it's illusions of grandeur. Like they're, they're going to start the caliphate with that little small group. Uh, that can't actually knock off the states over there that they want to knock off. I, I think our, our so-called allies in the region should have to feel some of the pain. Oh, no. uh, Saudis, you can't play this on both sides. You you have to fully commit and eradicate them. You buy the weaponry from us already. You have it. You have the soldiers. But you don't want to upset people over there and, and some of your relationships over there. The Israelis, same thing. So 
why do we have these alliances if we can't use them in situations like this? No, and I agree. I agree that we need to go in, but the question is, go where? Because we have Syria, which apparently only Russia wants to, not even Russia wants to touch with, and I'm, and I'm using finger quotes, which doesn't help here, boots on the ground. Um, you know, yeah, I'm not talking boots on the ground. I'm saying let if Russia wants to hold on to Iran that bad and that's their ally, let them have Iran. I'm saying our allies in the region, the Saudis. The Saudis should be way more committed than we are because those people are right next to them. So, so why are we the ones who have to uh, have the brunt of, of the finance and the lives and everything else and, and the prestige brought, brought upon us as far as uh, getting your hands dirty when they're right there? They're the ones who are affected by it the most. So that's how I'm looking at it. So if, so if they can just sit back and say, oh, well, we'll let them clean it up, what's the purpose? Well, and, and Why have I lies? One of the things that I will say, having served in operations that in, involved mul- that were multinational in nature, okay, my, my specific, mine and Ken's specific thing, and, and Ken's not with us, but you know, we were part of Desert Shield, which was the no-fly zone over Iraq. Now, if we could institute something like that, then our allies could absolutely be useful. The problem is, is that we have the number one largest air force and the most effective ability to project power abroad. We do. We have these wonderful things called aircraft carriers. Mm-hmm. And aircraft carriers carry 90 birds, of which, and I'm, and I'm trying to remember my, my math here, of which I believe 75 are weapons capable. Yeah. If you take the the active deployed forward deployed carrier from both operate both theaters there's two different theaters of operation one of them is the mediterranean slash um adriatic slash um uh arabic sea if you take that and combine it with the firepower available from its support group, which includes a, a, a LST, a marine carrier. There is, in that single deployment, enough manpower to provide material support. The problem is, is that, A, that's acting alone, and B, that's not politically advisable for the Democrats who think that we should not have a have a strong military. And I have it on. I have I have articles going back decades. This isn't an Obama thing. This is this is a political stance difference between the Republicans and the Democrats on the the shape, strength, and makeup of the American military. Um. 
I hear what you're saying, but we can't we we can't play this game where we're acting like we just don't have the capabilities, and that's why it's not being done. Well, no, what I'm saying is we do have the capabilities uh, compared to the rest of the world. Like, come on. What I, what I'm saying is scale down scale down from the Cold War, but still, like it's significant what we spend. What I'm saying is that what we, we have the the capabilities to do it. No one has the political intestinal fortitude to do it. And that's, that's I, I just don't see where this is smart. I, I hear you, but I, I just don't see where this is smart. You know, um, it, 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 it's taking it's, it's once again putting our hands around it and taking uh, taking I guess responsibility for this whole raggedy region. Which in all reality, the best thing to do would be to pull out as best we could and force those people to govern and fix their own stuff. But the, the idea that we're going to keep getting bogged down over there, like it's. It's maddening, especially when we have these allies there. Israel and Saudi Arabia can take care of this tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. If we Yep. If we let them. Yeah. So I, if we let them. You know, and it's, you know, uh, Toucan in, uh, in Second Life, you know, pointing back to the previous article, and and this is something else that I saw. I didn't I didn't have the a I didn't have a good clean link, so I couldn't include in the show notes. You know, the Muslims are raping are raping women in the Nordic in Nordic countries. You know that they are fleeing to. And I'm not getting. Yeah, I'd love to see some numbers on that because then you start talking about hysteria, and you take one incident and you turn that into this group does X. Yeah, but y, okay, Z. all right, all right, stop, stop. stop. How many is too, how will, many is too many? Yeah. Well, it's not an issue of too many. It's if the issue is being presented as a propaganda in a propagandized way. Uh, there was something Trump tweeted out tonight that was inaccurate that a lot of people retweeted, and then they started looking at it and said, "Oh, these numbers are wrong." Yeah, the damage had already been done. Though. Yeah, same type of thing I'm asking here. So it's not a thing of no, of it, uh, it, saying it, how many it, is okay I, or, or, or anything seen, like that. I have seen confirmed articles on. 10 or 12 attacks. Okay, that's not a huge amount, but here's the problem, and this is why you know I made the comment earlier, and I think it was before you joined the show. We had... Um, we had... Uh, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. We have things that are being said in social media... And on, and, and even by elected officials that are creating this political twister. Um, I've got a video that's coming out later in the week that talks about the political twister. That's really where the Trump comment goes. And honestly, it is kind of where the, you know, some of this is the media covering it, isn't the media covering it, you know, what's, because there's more going on in the world than the Islamic state, state attacks. Tonight, I'm kind of focusing on the crap they're actually pulling. The next one is exceedingly current. And that is the fact that Brussels is under the highest terror alert tonight, updated at 7.34 p.m. Eastern Time, amid a warning of imminent threat. 
Sure. And this is the part that scares me the most because I feel like we're going to get into that September 11th emotional appeals here, and we may give up some freedoms and liberties again, uh, similar to the Patriot Act. And before you know it, everything will be justified by, well, if we weren't here to save you from those those people over there, then you know you'd have you wouldn't have to give this up, and and we'll go down that same that that same route because I feel like that's where we're going right now. When in reality, as Americans, we should be saying, if you're in a big city, go to the football game this weekend. Do do whatever it is you normally do. Do not allow these people to scare you. We have to take on the mentality of, what was it, the the Blitz, uh, uh, the British during the Blitz, where they were still going to work and there was bombing going mm-hmm. on? Like There has to be that in order to, to beat it. Because if, you, if we just get reactionary and, and go down that route again, the NSA and everything else we already have. But how, how much more privacy and freedom do we even have to give up? No. I, I... Yeah, I understand you're talking about Brussels, totally different no, situation. I'm, but but, but you're, that's you're, okay, the thing that right. I'm talking and, about. And, and for those that haven't read the news, heard the news, Anonymous leaked a list of nine cities that were mm-hmm. under imminent, that were under threat of attack by ISIS. Atlanta, Georgia was one of them. And and for of all the strange things, a WWE event. Okay, help me understand that one. Yeah. Why would a WWE event be a target for an Islamic State style bombing? Well, they have a worldwide fan base. Have a world huge numbers every week. WWE doesn't have a world. Well, WWE may have Oh, oh, dude, they do. Please, they okay. do. <laughs> I'm telling you that WWE, they sell the clips online now, videos and everything like this. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but whatever it is, uh, he kind of took over the whole wrestling industry and made it into something huge. But, yeah, I mean, the spectacle of it. Okay. So there's no surprise. But the Falcons game this Sunday, I'm going. If we got a game Sunday in Atlanta, I'm going. Yeah. Or a Hawks game, whatever. I'm going. I'm not scared. No, I'm not going to do it's, it. I'm not backing down. That's all I'm trying to no, say. No, and 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 I, I I don't blame you for that. And that is a mentality that should be had. But I I get the feeling from these people in the Islamic State that if even if they get a response from one outlet or one organization that that feeds their religious fervor to mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know. And, I mean, so th- we're getting things now like these these bomb threats. I've seen, what, three or four bomb threats. Um, there may have been more. I know that there were two almost immediately following the attacks last week. There was another one on a, on a Turkish Airlines flight bound for Istanbul that had to land in Halifax, this is the second bomb threat that Halifax Airport has had to deal with this week. Mm-hmm. That so now everybody is saying it, for the safety of the people. Because okay, great, Naj, you're going to the football game. Wonderful. That is not what makes the difference. What makes the difference is the fact that the officials say. That game's been canceled. That's happened in Germany. That's happened in Belgium. And I think it's happened in France. 
since the attacks in France last week. Mm-hmm. No, great point. That's true, because they're the ones who are going to decide whether something's a yay or nay. So you know, they can only uh, they can not only <laughs> cause panic, uh, they can also just, just set up a climate of fear just by uh, how many threats they react mm-hmm. to. And then you start to question things and you say, okay, uh, in a given year, stadiums as far as threats and things that they get, how many do they get and ignore uh, or just, you know, ramp up security but but keep things going? But now because of the climate, because of what happened, are they kind of just kind of buckling? Because there has to be some type of move towards normalcy. There has to be. Yeah, I they 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 have to vet the threats. They have to make sure that they're yeah. and and that's actually what happened, I believe, in in Georgia. Um, the Brussels threat was the only one that had serious intelligence proof of back chatter or, or, or scatter chat that might make it a legitimate attack. You know, the thing in Rome, the thing in in Georgia, the thing in um, another th- another few things in Paris that had come up. Um, they all were kind of just right on that edge of fringe. So we're we're just about out of time. So I want to go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, you know, this was a difficult conversation. Some of the subjects, again, are are valid, serious subjects things that that need to be talked about and you know i i find it astounding that my first source tonight was cracked.com <laughs> that 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 still floors me as the most as the most unexpected source for a truly uh, valid piece um if you haven't read the article go to the website at frontporchtalk.net it's the second link on the articles for number 44, Difficult Conversation. Um, if you have things to share with us, things you comments you want us to uh, to ingest, maybe include in next week's show, or if you want, uh, if you want to uh, just talk to us, send us an email at conservativepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, post a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash frontporchpoliticaltalk. Send us a tweet at EC Conservative. If you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Invite your friends to follow us on Facebook. Invite your friends to follow us on Twitter. If you didn't like what you heard, you know what? We'll still invite you to join us next week, where you'll probably hear different words in a different order, and probably not as difficult. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. And good night, Chuck. <laughs>